write under Rhiannon Held. Rhiannon Held is my urban fantasy, and then RZ Held is my many other things, including weird western and space opera. My other claim to fame is that in my day job, I'm a professional archaeologist. What are you working on right now? Right now, I'm doing some short fiction of varying kinds, a couple for some calls. And they've ended up actually being in an interconnected kind of world. It's not always necessarily like the same, rigidly same world, but it's, I think, the same sort of feeling. And it's a world I love returning to, which is a far future post-apocalyptic, sometimes with magic. Maybe magic caused the apocalypse. And I love looking at what a new society might be. Not a fantasy where it's like an imagination of what an old society might have been with some of our history or maybe with less or more of our history or like far future, which is what a society might be if we kept building technologically wise. But instead, if we sort of went in a different direction technologically, maybe less technology, but the sort of history and social stuff it would still definitely be there. I hate the apocalypse where like everybody somehow loses their memory. Like enough people die and oh we lose all our memory except no. I love thinking about in this sort of it's been 200 years since the apocalypse. No generation remembers the old world. What world have they built and what do they think of the old world? Cuz that's the other thing that I see a lot with sort of post-apocalyptic stories is that there's sort of this like mythologizing and worship of the old world like we want to get back or it was so good and what have we lost and and blah 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 and i'm much 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 more interested in yeah they did like weird stuff and like they they messed it up so we're better now and maybe we don't, we don't even need to really remember them like why do we learn that history anyway <laughs> but we have our cool new world now which grew out of it like obviously you can see the trends but we're, we're different we're cooler What motivated you to write this? The day job archaeologist part. Back when I was writing urban fantasy, people liked to ask me, is there archaeology in your fiction? And I said, well, yes, but it's subtle. And inevitably, people are kind of like, like, what? Well, I don't know. It's just so confusing. Like, where is it? I don't see it. And I'm like, that's the point. It's in the underpinnings. So in my urban fantasy, the uh, archaeology was in terms of like, this society in modern day, the werewolves, what's their religion, what's their history, what stories do they tell each other, but then you don't necessarily see that on screen a lot. But another way to look at archaeology that a lot of people like to sort of play around with, but I'm not sure that they really get to the, the heart of it, is imagine 300 years from now, what are they saying about us? And I've seen some, some really sort of like just dumb pun-grown kind of jokes about like, oh, they're gonna have like the, the toilet seat that they're wearing as a hat or whatever <laughs> like, and which, eh, I mean I, as an archaeologist, I know archaeologists do find that funny. I never found it funny 
And so I really wanted to look at a nuanced way when you're 200 years in the future and the world has changed so deeply, what do you think of us now? And what do you remember? And I think that something that a lot of people don't consider is I think it matters deeply who you feel your ancestors are and who you wish your ancestors had been. And the, the way that people sort of uh, mythologize the, the Roman Empire and they, they feel even if maybe like their ancestors weren't from Italy, uh, they feel that sort of like, oh, they want cultural continuity in Western culture and we are the pinnacle and we have built from the Romans and blah, blah, blah. Whereas I'll throw this out at you. People sometimes have heard of it depend on what, depending on where they've lived in their life. But there's a place called Chaco Canyon, which is in the American Southwest. Oh. And the majority of people who did not grow up in the American Southwest and maybe like visited it or something do not know what the hell that was. Huh. But it was a, great huge great big city made of made of stone and they had all kinds of the, what are called kivas which are around sort of ceremonial room like think of it like a, a chapel it wasn't really but hmm. so there was just this huge city with lots of room blocks and uh, hundreds of the ceremonial rooms the kivas but they didn't find that very many people lived there so they, they thought it maybe was some kind of religious center like that would people would come in and maybe gather there, but maybe a couple caretakers lived there. And so they thought maybe that it was important to the power structure of the region. Like people lived out in little stone room blocks by their farms, but then it was a, it was a state society with agriculture. Hmm. Wow. So they had uh, at, at Chaco Canyon, they had this big city and maybe that was where some of the leaders or the religious leaders were living. We don't quite really know. And the thing is that, I'm, I'm sure that there are people in of the tribes in the American Southwest who know it intimately and sort of it's part of their cultural continuity and what they want to maintain. But an average person on the street who's sort of white Northern European ancestry doesn't know what it is. And so it's a very different thing to write a story where it's like, oh, we're living in like the Coliseum now. And what do we think about that? And how do we conceive of, you know, those Romans or a bunch of white people like living in Chaco Canyon? Like maybe they don't even know it's there because they haven't sort of explored to like go find it. And so they don't care. And maybe they should like Chaco Canyon has a lot to teach us. And so when you project that into the future, I feel like there's more people out there who are like, oh, we're going to like, look, there's a Statue of Liberty. And how do we feel about that? And we're, oh, you know, symbol of power and blah, blah, blah. And much less of the sort of like a weird statue with the like pointy. I mean, it was a face, but we don't know who it was or why it's there. And like, it's got a weird like pointy hat thing. Like, so <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll climb on it because like looks like fun for the kids. Right. And I think there's there's less of that sort of looking at why what's important symbolically to us now might not be symbolically important to people later if you assume that there's a cultural discontinuity. Wow. All right. Yeah. And then and, and in the last couple years, we've had some, I don't know if it's cultural, it's not cultural discontinuity, I guess. It's about complaints about what the symbolisms actually meant uh, in the past. Ooh. And people forgot, though, the people in the present, I don't think, are, keep that context in their head so much. Uh, you know, the Robert yeah. E. Lee statues, et cetera, et cetera, those things. One of the sort of most fun parts about doing the connected novellas is that the archaeology does come in in that first two are set like, oh, 100 or 200 years before the second two. 
Oh, okay. And so there's the sort of aspects, not that like a forgotten history, but of looking back and how do the stories of their heroes change? Because people in books three and four have heard of the protagonist in books one and two, and they get all kinds of stuff wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and getting to sit down and sort of plot out like, well, I was in the character of the protagonist, but now everybody thinks that she totally did it for this reason or that reason. Mm. And they totally, and pro- propaganda got hold of her. And yes. So that, that was just so much fun. And looking at how worlds can sort of change on, on that scale here I'm going serious business again. Like this is my, my archaeology brain. It's like, yeah, you like to talk story architecture is kind of what, what I've done. <laughs> and the thing is that actually on the page, like most of what people talk about in my stuff is not the world so much as the characters. But I think that the characters are, when you meet them on the page, like I want you to meet them on the page. So I wouldn't sit, sort of sit here and be like, well, Genevieve, you know, grew up and blah, 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 and had two brothers and your know, brother and sister, because I feel like you have to meet the characters to get to know them. Yeah. So I talk about all the stuff that's sort of in the background as opposed to being on the page. But, oh, oh, terrible French. That is the funny thing. About yes. books three and four. <laughs> so in books one and two, the evil empire are the Pax Romana. And they sort of styled themselves after the Roman Empire, right? Oh, cool. Sure. Uh-huh. It's a favorite it's one. A of that. Yeah. <laughs> and in uh, uh, books three and four, the um, there's sort of two opposing empires because Libertad Sans Frontiers, which is supposed to be that awful, sort of styled themselves after the French Revolution, but at that point, French was a dead language. Oh. So they recreated it out of the archives. So it's awful French. It's <laughs> Execrable French. <laughs> like, it's got bits of, like, Spanish thrown in there. Because okay, um, sure. it should be Liberté, not Libertad. Libertad is it's Spanish, and you could tell that I actually attempt a Spanish accent. But it's uh, Libertad sans frontiers, frontiers. And so I got to go through, and the planets that the LSF has conquered have all been renamed with awful, awful French. <laughs> and it... it was hilarious to me because I wanted to showcase how when people try to recreate something, like, they really, really go wrong. <laughs> and just because you went to the archives and read a French-English dictionary does not mean that you speak French. <laughs> so anybody who knows French, who reads these books, should imagine that anytime something is named in French, that you're hearing it not with a French accent, but with like a Monty Python French accent. <laughs> <laughs> or French accent. Either that or the French accent of some like junior high French student from like Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Did you study French in the in your past? I did not. Oh. Um, I my language in school, like to the degree of like that you get a language in high school, right? Mm-hmm. Was Spanish. Hmm. Um, oh, that's so it, it's similar. I can read French much better than I can ever hear it because a lot of the difference is in the pronunciation. And when you read it, it's just a romance language and it's very similar, which is why uh, Libertad Sense Frontiers has a lot of Spanish kind of in it a little bit because I was just throwing in whatever crap yeah. I wanted. <laughs> Well, cool. I love that you mashed up a bunch of things here. Like you mashed up the, this idea that 
that Rome was such a great idea for a civilization that a group decided, hey, we're going to redo this because it was so, you know, <laughs> it lasted a long time then. Let's do it again. It must couldn't yeah, be that exactly. bad. I like how you had fun with the uh, the language drift as well <laughs> on recreating that. That sounds really fun, Rihanna. However you found Sci-Fi Thoughts, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other podcast aggregation services, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and do us a favor. Go to wherever you get this podcast and leave us a review, even clicking a few stars. And this will help out the show in many ways. Hey, we got goodies for you in the show notes. We have a link to RZ Held's novellas. So you can go over there and shop and buy up some good science fiction to read at home. Don't know where the show notes are? Check out your podcast player and they'll be right there for easy tapping. If you're not using a podcast player, go back to the website where you downloaded this show and they'll be right there before your very eyes. Next episode, more RZ Held. So this is set in the... Our future, is that right? Yeah. Is there any like different, special, cool technology? Have you been imagineered something that's different in your world? <laughs> well, there's, um, as I was saying, like different short stories, different um, ways that I was looking at it. So some of them are just like magic. So assume that the apocalypse was something to do with magic. So now there's magic in this world and whatever. And, but I did do one that is actually probably going to eventually be a novel in terms of kind of sort of doing the technology indistinguishable from magic kind of thing. So that one's a little bit more, it's explicitly on the what's trying to get an old West vibe, sort of putting them out on the, what's the new now frontier. And there, there's some sort of aspects of that, that people don't think about for the, the wild West. Cause they're like, Oh, it was on the frontier. But there was, there's also the aspect of the, the West. There was a lot of sort of like, we go out and we get resources but there's a lot of sort of industrial production capacity back east that like the resources go into and then finished stuff kind of comes back.